Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. We've got Mandy Connor this week from Connolly High School. She's been there for a while. She is kind of rapidly becoming a legend in this state. She probably is blushing if she's listening to this right now. And I hope the people that I interview do listen to this, but that's a different story. Anyway, uh, welcome you back to Minor Wisdom. Another week gone by. Another week closer to two huge events School starting and football season starting. That's right. Football. Love me some football. But I've got school starting, some people starting PD on Monday, some people just starting this week, uh, which is great. You know, some people uh, look forward to this, and those other people aren't teachers. So that's a, that's a good thing. We've got some leadership conferences happening. Just had one in Forney uh, or at Forney High School. And we've got one on Tuesday. We've got one on Saturday in Houston. Uh, then there, there, oh, there's one in El Paso this week. It's a very busy week for the thespians. Got TETA coming up, Thespian Convention. We've got uh, TTEC, which, by the way, I mentioned last week that not a lot's happening in Houston. The TTEC convention, the, the Thespian Teacher Convention, is happening in Houston in January. So that is a big one. So the fall stuff is all in Dallas. The spring stuff is all in Houston. That's good for Texas, uh, really good for Texas. Some of you guys saw on Facebook and on Twitter that I reached out for you all to send me just a quick like 60-ish second soundbite. I'm not going to hold you to 60 seconds, but a 60-second soundbite of what fine arts education means to you. And I am honored that this week, because I don't care where it comes from, it can come from anywhere. It does not need to be a Texas theater teacher. It can be anyone and I did reach out to some of my celebrity friends and I was very fortunate to get one of the guys from Straight No Chaser, Segi Isho, to uh, send me about a 60 second clip of what fine arts education meant to him. Segi is a phenomenal musical talent uh, and when I say musical I mean he can play the trumpet, he can sing, he can dance, uh, he is a, a hilarious dude. Um, so I'm sure, you know, he can do just about anything as well as improv as well. He's very witty, but I worked with straight no chaser for almost three years. I did quit like multiple times, which is a huge joke, but I didn't quit because I hate these guys. Cause those guys are family. And once you become a part of that straight, no chaser family, uh, they never let you down. So I really appreciate Seggy stepping up to the plate and doing this first one this week. I hope to see lots more on uh, the email system coming up or just texting to me if you have my number. Uh, but I want to hear from you and what fine arts education meant to you. So right after the groaner joke, going to put that new segment up and then straight into the interview with the cardboard queen, Mandy Connor. And she was driving to... Uh, a school to do a leadership conference her own herself that she does every year. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, there are a couple times the phone does break up, but just bear with me, folks. All right. Enjoy. Uh, 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 uh. 
This week's groaner joke is a bit of a long one. A sound technician, a lighting designer, and a stage manager find an old lamp backstage at a theater. One of them gives it a rub and out wafts a genie. Since you all found me, he says you each get one wish. The sound technician steps up and says, I wish to be sitting poolside in my own multi-million dollar mansion. And poof, he's gone. The lighting director takes his turn and says, well, I wish to be sitting on the beach of my own multi-billion dollar private island. And poof, he's gone. The stage manager turns to the genie and says, my wish is to have them both back in 10 minutes. What fine arts education means to me. My name is Segi Isho. My journey in the arts began growing up singing in church and in my very first music classes in kindergarten. In about eighth grade, I started taking music and performing a little more seriously, and I started taking private lessons in trumpet and voice. Currently, I sing with a group called Straight No Chaser. It's an all-male a cappella group. Now, the thing that stood out to me about arts education is growing up, I was always a little excitable and a little talkative and a little wild in class. And in most classes, the teachers are trying to get you to stop doing all that, to quiet down, settle down. But in all my arts classes, the teachers encouraged it and embraced it. And ultimately, they harness all of that energy and teach you to use it on stage. That's when I learned to be a performer. That's when I learned to be comfortable on stage and to be confident on stage. All those teachers I had from kindergarten all the way through college, every step of the way, each one of them is the reason I do what I do today and how I do it. So once again, thank you to Segi Isho for doing that. That means a whole lot to me. I uh, want to make sure that you guys know that you should be following me on Twitter, Instagram, which I haven't done too much with, but also just like this podcast. Give it a five-star review if you think it deserves it, which you should. Uh, but please make sure you're liking it, following, uh, and uh, just supporting this stuff. And also make sure you're following our friends, uh, the Dragoos, who have a new podcast as well, uh, a new young podcast. It makes me feel so old all 30 episodes in, and they're on three, two. And, uh, but make sure you're supporting all theater educators. All of that boring stuff aside, here is this week's special guest, Miss Mandy Connor. We didn't have theater in high school when I was in high school many moons ago, uh, but I knew that I really was intrigued by it and I wanted to be involved in it. I had no clue how, and I had a great English teacher who was, um, she was my prose coach, and she was like, well, you know, you can study theater in, in college, and I didn't, and so she kind of guided me along the path, and I went to McLennan Community College, and uh, learned a lot there and then transferred to Texas Tech and learned even more there. But then I was thrown into my first job at Plainview High School and I realized I knew nothing about what I play because I had never been in it. I didn't study it in college. Um, that wasn't something that was really taught. So uh, kind of in the trenches, my first year and knowing absolutely nothing with you know my education that I had just paid for or my parents had paid for or helped me pay for and so a lot of I guess my learning came from going and watching as many shows as I could one act you know competitions and going to the regional levels and the state levels and just watching and learning and seeing what they do and um 
I was always floored by watching Travis Poe's shows and Larry Wisdom's shows. And I was like, that is my jam. I want to learn how to do that. And so, you know, just going to teach, um, taking shows to festivals. And then I moved to Waco, back to Waco, I guess, uh, after my first year at Plainview. My husband was continuing his education. And so we moved back home. And uh, so I've been at Conley for, this is my 23rd year there. Uh-huh. And what's your, everybody always wants to know what, what UIL history everyone has. Uh, right. And, and if you if you don't mind sharing, you could say, I've never been out of zone before. <laughs> um, I didn't get out of district a lot, and then um, I did. And then it started, I, find, I started finding my groove as a director. Um, I've been to state seven times, two times with my own work. Um, and that's, I guess, it. I just love, I, I love it. I love every challenge that it presents. So I'm glad you mentioned your own work because, as I've told you, I want to find out how you do what you do schedule-wise. Um, right. So you've now written, I know of at least two shows you've written. Have you written more? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've written our last. For, I've written our shows for the last four years, so okay. there's four shows. Are they all written. published? Um, uh, three of them are published. Okay. Um, I wrote another one as well. So I've written five. Uh, one we started with for one act, and then it just wasn't working, so we ditched it. Hmm. Um, what was that like? But, <laughs> was that tough? <laughs> it was awful. It was <laughs> awful. So I cast it. We were... In it, and about a month out of contact, uh, contest, I was like, God, this is just not working. And so I sat the kids down, and I was like, I'm sorry. But I happened to have this other show that I wrote that was also approved. <laughs> and so after a lot of tears and yeah, a little bit of gnashing of teeth, they all jumped on, and we took that one to state. What do you, what do you think was wrong with it? Um, I think that... I just didn't have the right cast. Right. They were excellent and talented, but I think I think that I pushed it on them. I think that I made it fit. You know, and sure. I knew, and then I had some kids that didn't show up for auditions that I had really thought would, and you know how it goes. It's not always what you think it's going to be like. No. And so it was really hard. It was hard to change that because I knew that, you know, some of the kids with these leads, they were in it and invested, and then to take it away, it was hard. So when do you when do you find time to write? Or do your kids have? I um, mean, do your kids work on this stuff with you? No, I should, I should well, let you answer the first question first. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. I find time to write. Um, it depends. It's been a little bit different each time that I've written. I sometimes my ideas start. You know, at the beginning of summer, sometimes it starts later. Um, but I, and sometimes I'll work on it. I really find the best way to write is at school. And I know that sounds really weird. Um, but during my conference time, I will shut my classroom door. I'll turn off the lights so nobody thinks I'm in there. And I just write. Mm-hmm. And it maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. Maybe I say after school, 
you know, on days that I don't have rehearsal and work, um, or maybe uh, just kind of in spurts. I rarely write at home. There's just too many distractions. Yeah, yeah. And so you, that's where I find peace. What, where do you come up with your ideas? Like, are they just things that you've just kind of been holding on to, or is it stuff that you, you know, well, you I, want? Go ahead. That's a good question. I, it's been, and that one's been different each time too. Um, my first show I wrote was Lafayette Number One, and it's because my husband and I went on an anniversary trip um, to New Orleans, and we went to the cemetery, the Lafayette mm-hmm. Number One Cemetery, and I just—it was so it was sick with just you know that feeling and that sense, and so I did a lot of research and. It, it just kind of sparked in me, and so that's where that came from. But also, the kids that I had at the time, those were that's what, who I was writing for. Not specifically, but I knew how they worked together. I knew how they sounded, how they played off one another. So that helped me in my writing process because I knew their um, their tempos and I knew the ups and the downs that they faced. So that was helpful to me as a playwright that I don't still don't really consider myself because I'm not trained in that so it's just I I really enjoy it then the next one that I wrote um just kind of came out of my head it was about it's called a go it was about a girl who was a member of her a tribe of healers and just kind of finding her way but did you I think it's probably my favorite play I've written have you always been a writer no. Okay. That's just something that I've just kind of I've never really started, written huh? anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, wh- like, but, uh, were you lost at the beginning, or did you, you know, were you... Absolutely. Were you that typical, yeah, I, uh, you know, you, you... I mean, I know you're probably not using a typewriter, but was it that kind of idea of <laughs> you pull the sheet out, you crumble it up, you throw it, and you miss the trash can, and, you know, then you start <laughs> on version yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I tried... Uh, I got a good piece of advice from someone early on and they just said don't edit what you write you can always go back and take things out or move things right. around um, and that has worked for me really well and then going back and having friends and you know people that I trust read it and give feedback which is terribly hard because that's I, you know birth and a child you don't want to yeah. hear anything bad but you got to take it and agree with it or not it's funny when I started this podcast. Seems like just yesterday, but when I started it, uh, it was like six months ago. I did three episodes, and my wife had not listened at all. She still barely listens. <laughs> she, she <laughs> but anyway, that's that's beside the point. But uh, she she said she, I said you got you please just listen because I, I trust what she has to say, and she she was very harsh and. Uh, and it was, you know, like for me, because I'm very passionate about this process, yeah. uh, it was Absolutely. difficult to take, but it ultimately worked out because it's turned into what it's turned into. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's been fun. But, but yeah, it's it's always funny. Even today I was sitting in professional development and, they were, and the woman led the group saying, you know, the worst student is a teacher, which everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, right. But it's the same thing with like theater. It's like the worst that you know we us directors us perfectionists ocders yeah. we don't we don't uh-huh. take criticism well i just i'd put the accent on a weird word there criticism well but uh um it's just funny so yeah so you so you got some feedback <laughs> and it was 
Is it like being told your child's ugly and you're like, well. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was yeah. so hurt. Yeah. And it's people, you know, you people who love me, of course, they're like, oh, it's so yeah. good. I love it. It's so good. And then other people that I love and admire, they're like, eh, yeah. it's all right. I think this is lacking. But, I mean, after I cry a little bit, <laughs> and then I go and I try to fix it. Um, but my, my very best friend, uh, she, I met her at Tech, and um, her name is Teresa uh, Lecby, and I can send her anything, and she'll tell me when it's terrible, and she always inspires me to keep going. And so I think having that touchstone there, yeah. but also, I mean, I think, I try not to give it to a lot of people, because you don't want too many opinions to cloud it. Yeah. So giving it to Teresa, um, I give it to my mom because I want someone who's not in the theater world to see if she, to see if everybody can get it. Right. And my mom's a smart woman, but she's not trained in theater, so she doesn't know. Right. So to get that um, non-theatrical person, I get my English teachers at school sometimes to look at it. What uh, yeah. have you or have you competed against any of your shows? Yes, <laughs> I did uh, a couple of years ago. It was weird. <laughs> did, it was really now. Did the bizarre. did the director know that they were gonna that they could potentially be coming up against you? Yes, they did. They huh. did. That's interesting. And they 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 um, reached out and they said, you know, we really I think we have the cast for the show. We'd really like to do it. Yeah. Is that too weird for you? And it's not. I mean, you give it out there. You put it out there because you want people to do it. And you want to see how other people see that story. And um, I've watched Good Friends direct it. My daughter was in Lafayette number one this year for her junior high, which was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced. It was the coolest. So it's pretty neat. That is kind of fun. Uh, did you did you advance? Did your show advance? Did the did your play your written play advance? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> that's, that's no good. <laughs> and it's funny because some of the kids that were in they did it. I guess a couple years after we did it, so we competed against them this school with Lafayette number one, and then yeah. two years later they did it. And so some of my kids that were in it got to see it, which was a cool experience. Yeah. So, um, and we briefly chatted while I was getting every everything plugged in and stuff. But so you're you're kind of uh, I don't know if this is a title you've been giving. Maybe I'm giving you the title now, but you're kind of known as the cardboard lady. Um, uh-huh. So I'm sure somebody I'm has okay called you that it. before. Yeah, it's well. <laughs> whenever I hear the word lady after uh, uh, like a, a descriptive version of that, I think of that bird uh-huh. lady in Home Alone. And so I think very ne- <laughs> you know. It's not a very positive thing. <laughs> like you're just surrounded by cardboard. Um, but uh, you, you know, one memory that I have of you that you don't know that I was there was uh, one year you advanced to state. I, I don't remember um, uh, what year it was. It might have been 2014 or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. and you came in with these massive cardboard pieces. Uh, I think they were your capitals. I could be wrong about that, but, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and it was raining. And oh, yeah. that was awful. Yeah, but you were so composed. You like you 
like because you repaired some stuff oh, yeah. and, and 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 i know you were pro- in inside you were probably freaking out or you know or, or yeah. trying to figure stuff out but you were outwardly so composed and i remember uh talking to the because I, I was on the fly rail and i remember uh-huh. talking to students that were up there assisting me or maybe i was assisting them i don't know but uh mm-hmm. we were we were chatting about how just like man she's just like I would be freaking out right now. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, I did my share. Oh yeah, and and we all do. But you you got you got the work right. done though, and uh, that's just right. that's just one of those things that I remember uh, about you. Other than the professional development How you funny. led, but um, you know, again, I was I was speaking of bird ladies. I was the bird in the sky watching over you, um, and, and seeing that <laughs> seeing that at the time. We're kind of rooting for you, but um, oh, how did you how did you get into the the cardboard world. like how did you discover that is that just something you've just been always crafty or uh well i i like to be crafty but when i started uh at conley i we did not have much of a budget and so working around things and trying to figure things out um was i, I enjoy it it's like a big puzzle and so we did a couple shows and I made some things out of cardboard and they're pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did, we were doing the mad woman of Shio and you know, you kind of always start out with well, what is it that you want? And, uh, I wanted this hat for the mad woman and it was so beautiful. And I found it online. It was like 500 bucks. I was like, dang, I don't have $500 hat money. <laughs> I don't have $500 period. Um, so I thought, well, why don't I just try? I'll, I'll just try. Cause we're trying to go with this, um, theme of having everything repurposed. Right. Uh, and so I tried it and it worked and I was like, whoa, if I could do that, then maybe I could do this. And so I just started seeing things in a different way, I guess. And I like the, I like having to, not having to, I like trying to get things without having to pay money so I can save that money for big stuff. Right. Things that you can't make out of cardboard. Right. <laughs> yeah, like a light tree yeah. or portable <laughs> well, you, lighting. You can make it out of cardboard, just might not be effective. Right. It's not yeah. going to be work at all. Somewhere Brad Cummins is uh, standing next to a light tree and LEDs <laughs> that are made out of cardboard. He's like, I've had these right. for years. Uh <laughs> But anyway, enough about him. But uh, so that's great. So what else, like, what other tips, crafty things do you, and you, I mean, you don't, obviously it's a podcast, it's audio, you don't, you're not going to show us anything, but like, are there other materials we're just missing out on? Like, can you take a pair of denim yes. jeans and turn them in? Are you like the MacGyver, you're the MacGyver of theater, aren't you? Is that, that's you know, more of a better, that's I a better nickname be than, card, yeah, title. it's a better nickname <laughs> than Cardboard Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that term. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, I think one of the most underused items are trash bags. Okay. Um, I know that, uh, anyway, um, we make boas out of them. I make feathers out of them. We just did Adam Family last fall, and so I made these big fans out of cardboard, and I copied, like, through the copy machine feathers and then glued, um, trash bags like feathered trash bags on them and they look great we've made whips out of black trash bags yeah we've made vines out of trash bags so wow. that's another trash fun. bags 
Do your kids look at yeah. you? I mean, your students. Do they look at you? Well, maybe your kids do too. But do do your students? <laughs> yeah. Do your students look at you like you're crazy when you're starting a project? Like that? Um, like, hey, uh, let me take well, this trash bag and turn it into this magical piece. They, um, maybe at first. Yeah. But then they're totally on board. They're like, well, what if you use this? Or and their ideas a lot of times are way better than mine. Um. I'm going to tell you right now, I am a super control freak. Yeah. So they can help me with an idea. They can put a base coat on something, but especially if it's for competition, I'm going to be making that. Right. So we do lots of creative projects. Can, you know, put it on. It's all teaching more than um, how their process, but it's for competition. I'm pretty heavy handed. Yeah. Control freak is kind of a theatrical term. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in the index. It is. Um, but they love it. Yeah, giving them some ownership. And uh, also, uh, I, I love to let my students know their limitations. <laughs> Even though, you know, we're supposed to be telling them the sky's the limit, but, you you know, you have to be realistic as well sometimes. So, uh, and And what I've learned is, uh, even with some of my students who are like, I'm the base coat guy. Like, I'm just going to come in, like you just said, you know, they can base coat stuff. Yeah. I've got kids that accept that role and are proud of that role. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we no made, I made a hat one time out of cardboard, and the kid who was wearing it in the show, you know, I gave him the chance to help kind of coat it and put that base coat, and he was like, I made that hat. And I'm like, Oh, you're sweet. You sure did, <laughs> but you didn't. But yeah. but you know they do take ownership of it, and I try from the beginning of every show, kind of to have a inspiration board of all my ideas and where I want to go. And from that moment, I mean, I put it up as as soon as I know what we're doing, and they just start hopping on and yeah. and saying, "Oh, that's cool. What about this?" And I'll have a, a, pin, a Pinterest board, and they'll send me pins. What about this? What about this? Does this work? Is this in your vision? Is this so they're starting to do research too, which is, you know, priceless. Yeah. So I'm going to switch up real quick. Uh, uh-huh. uh, another question because it's a, another curiosity question. So I'm of the I'm of the believers that as long as you're at a uh, in a space in a theater um, at a school, you don't repeat shows. Uh, mm-hmm. So if I'm going to teach. 30 years in one program, you will never see me do the same show twice. Where are you? Um, I am, I'm going to say I'm mostly in that category. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, I, UIL not, not counting UIL. I think, I think because, right. because I, I, UIL is a competition. It's like, if you find a formula right. that works, you might stick with that. Right. I, I haven't repeated a, a one act yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you Not write you write your own. Say. I hope <laughs> <laughs> that'd be you're, you're plagiarizing yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I haven't done that yet. I have repeated like a fall musical. Um, how how long I think of I've a, only repeated twice? Yeah. What's what's the time? What's the gap in between shows? Um, probably ten years. Okay. So completely new. But I've kids. only repeated two musicals. Okay. Which, what were they? Um, my very first year at Plainview, we did Bye Bye Birdie. But that, then, wasn't, that wasn't at Connolly. No. Okay, that, that's I still what repeated I, it when I got to Connolly. But then I repeated The Wiz. We did The Wiz 
twice. Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. That's the only one I've repeated at Conley. That's one of those, if you have the kids, you, you should do it. Right. Yeah, I get that. Right. Uh, but like, you know, there are some people that are in the in the world of, I'm going to do four versions of Oklahoma within uh, my 15-year time here. Um, right. And I've, I've never been a fan but of that. But That's not me personally, yeah. but when people are good at something, they can do it. Yeah, do but it. it's it's yeah. No, I I get that. I get. I'm just being kind of cynical. But you know, you have your yeah. No, I got your, it. Your community that uh, might want to just um, be like, we get it. You like the state of Oklahoma, um, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I'm also you know just I I'm I guess I'm new school in that world. But uh, but that said, no, I totally understand. That said, what show would you go back and redo, like? Even if you don't have the kids right now, what show tomorrow would you go back and redo if you had the chance? Oh, man, that's a hard one. They're all okay, perfect. So that's what you—you you, it's okay. You can say no, that. no, <laughs> no. But you know, you have those kids, and you're like, I could never replace those kids. Like, yeah, sure. I couldn't see anybody else but them doing it. But with that said. Uh, the very first time we went to state, we did Red Noses. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that show again, knowing more now than I did then. Okay, so it's not a replacement um, thing. It's just a you just have more knowledge about it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, musical that I love and would love to do again is You're in Town. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I we did it and I loved it. I loved well. It was a long time because. My mama, <laughs> my mama told me I couldn't do that musical because she didn't like how the way it sounded. Mm-hmm. So then I had a conversation with mom and I said, listen, you, you raised me. You know me better than I'm not going to put something crazy up. I'm pretty conservative. And she's like, you're right. You're right. And she loved it. Yeah. So it's just it the was, title. It was fun. It's, yeah. The... Uh, the title is terrible, but that's part of it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, like, we we, uh, we tried to sell that to administration a few years ago. Like, we love mm-hmm. to do this show. We love to do this show. And, you know, their response was, the marquee's going to say you're in town? Yes. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and, you know, if we could change it to, like, Weville, then um, <laughs> maybe it would be okay, but we that, can't legally do that. So Right. Uh, and I had that um, conversation with administration. Yeah. Um, and they didn't really want that either. And then that principal left and a new one came in and she was totally cool with it. <laughs> so what is your... I don't got... Oh, go ahead. Oh, good. No, you first. It's your podcast. Okay. <laughs> so, um, my name is not on it. <laughs> Neither is mine. I'm cha- I changed so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I had proposed it the year before that we did it and um, there was a man that was in the, uh, the special ed department and um, he was in administration, and he wrote me a scathing email saying, how dare I do a, such a distasteful thing? Mm-hmm. I, I've only, I'd only talked to this man a couple of times, and I thought, oh, man, you don't really know me that well. Mm-hmm. And I took that email, and I went to the principal at the time who was a big fan of me. I was a big fan of him, and he was like, yeah, I understand. I, I trust you, but I don't know that I can put you in town on the marquee. 
So I said, okay, because I respect him enough, and I did not, I didn't want to fight that battle. Yeah. Um, when we could do other things, and so then you know, administration changed. The next year, I thought, well, let me try that again because I have really great kids that could do this, and it would be perfect. And my new principal was like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so we did, and it was fun. My, but I'd uh... love to do it again. My favorite story to tell people, and I think I've said it on this podcast before, was so I'll be brief. But my first year at Dulles, where I am now, I did Godspell, and I'm Jewish. Um, but uh-huh. I, I love the music, and I knew yes. I could cast. You know, uh, you can almost cast anybody in those roles, uh, sex-wise. Absolutely. You know, so I didn't know the kids that I had. Yes. So if I need a girl in that role, I put a girl. But, um, <laughs> but I got uh, stopped in the hallway by uh, a, a faculty member. And she told me that she really liked the show, but didn't appreciate that I was preaching to the audience. And I, and speaking of, you don't know me very well. I was like, I just pulled out my necklace of my father's Star of David, and I was like, uh-huh. um, I wasn't preaching to anybody. Trust me, <laughs> there, was, there was no preaching involved. It was just pretty. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I get that. Uh, so, what is what is kind of your process with? And it probably changes from administration to administration. But what is your process to get? seasons and in uh approved and uh going through all that year to year or do you even have to do it do you um, just have the trust uh pretty much i have gained that trust um through administration um you know i think a lot of a uh, the smaller schools you know our principals do a lot of stuff so either they put the trust in us and let us do our thing or you know i think conversations too a lot of people, a lot of principals don't have time to sit and read your full show. So they've got to trust that you're going to do what's right for right. your community. And then if you don't. And yeah, you it's kind of your, your job on the line kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, but fortunately, I've had some really great administration. And they've been very supportive. What is, uh, Waco is kind of a conservative part of the state, correct? Yes. Have you ever had, like, have you ever had any sort of conflict or pushback or anything? Or are you just, you know, I consider myself pretty safe, but we did Romeo, uh-huh. and, Ju- we did Romeo and Juliet one year, which I thought was safe, and we got pushback. And we're in a conservative uh, part of the part of Houston, but we got pushback for yeah. doing, you know, the, the classic of all classics. Um, right. Have you ever kind of been surprised by response to a show that you're like wait a second this was supposed to be fun and fluffy Mm -hmm. and nothing no big deal i i don't know that i have i mean i'm a pretty i'm a pretty conservative person myself i don't i'm a rule follower i don't really rock the boat um i just want to tell a good story and so i don't push the envelope right um but for me i don't I just don't have to. I don't. I feel like I have to. You know what I mean? I just want to tell a story, and I'm going to tell it my way. And if it offends somebody, then I want to know, and I want to have a conversation about it. Yeah, find out and why. If, you know. Yeah. So a couple. No, but I haven't. Qu- I haven't encountered that. Okay. Well, that's good. That's a good. That's good on your record. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> a couple more questions, and I'll let you focus on your drive. But um, uh-huh. uh, what is? Is there anything? in your head right now that you're looking to write about story-wise? Um, at the beginning of the summer, I, I wanted to write, um, but I, I just felt like I needed a big brain break. So I hadn't really thought about it 
which kind of stresses me out because I, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have a few ideas bouncing around kind of in my head. I don't know that they'll come to fruition. Right. Um, my grandmother uh, has been on my mind a lot lately. She passed away when I was a senior in high school, and uh, she's this big German woman who moved her family from California to Texas. And uh, so that's kind of stirring in my mind. Hmm. I just think she's quite the character, and I would love to honor her in that way. Right. But I don't know that it will it will happen. So we we have similar roots because that's uh, I'm all German. So uh, ah! both, both both sets of grandparents. My dad's side was wow. were Holocaust survivors. Um, wow. But, but my mom's side, they were already here in probably some yeah. Jewish mafia. Now, I was convinced they were in a Jewish mafia, but. <laughs> That's a that's a different story. <laughs> so, Maybe I shouldn't laugh at yeah, that. Yeah, my grandpa would always just <laughs> chuckle when I'd say, "Grandpa, how was the mafia?" And he just, uh, uh. Um, he never, he never, he never told me or confirmed anything. Uh, and then finally, um, what is again just a curious question? What is the coolest, most like challenging thing you've ever created from nothing? Oh, that was my beast okay. for the play ago. Uh, oh, my gosh. I wanted this big, massive puppet that somebody had to ride on. And it was really hard. But I loved the way that it turned out. And um, I, I do a lot of baking for our maintenance department. <laughs> and um, they helped me out with finding me big cardboard yeah. and They'll help on projects, too. So they were helping me with, like, the PVC and helping bend it. And I'm not a carpenter. Um, I just try to finagle things the way that I want them to go. So he helped me out finding, you know, different pieces for me to use. And the athletic director got involved. He let us have some helmets so that we could attach it there. It was just kind of a community effort. It was really fun and frustrating and hard. But when it came out on stage... Oh my gosh! It would give me chills every time. I loved it. I <laughs> Is, just loved it. Do you still have it? I, I do. Okay. I, I'm a hoarder. I can't. It's really hard for me to throw things away. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. There's. Uh, I just had a conversation with somebody not too long ago about. Um, actually, it was yesterday. But uh, uh, about people in your school that you want to be friends with, um, to make sure Absolutely. that your time is is fine, and everybody goes to principal secretary and custodians but i said the maintenance people man those man. those people um, the, yes. yeah, and our shop over teachers. yeah shop teacher yeah my shop teachers are fantastic they've been fantastic they yeah. just because you know they have the big equipment so they'll just yeah. set pieces and send them down and let the kids do it which is great because yeah. now they're invested and they're like hey i can go see that show i helped out with yeah yeah it's uh it's it's uh you, you want to be friendly <laughs> that's for sure absolutely that's for sure that's the name of the game Minor win.